check, 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 one, two, we are. All right, you want to run this guy back? Yeah, let's do it. Intro take two. Intro take two. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to the Jameson on the Rocks podcast. Today I have with me the one, the only, Mr. Alex Scales. How what you is- doing, man? I'm doing great. What's up, everybody? <laughs> glad to be here. What's up, everybody? Again, again yeah, man. Right? Thanks yeah. for coming in, dude. I'm glad you could cut some time out for me today. Um, been looking forward to this. Um, you weren't able. I think you might have been like working on school or something. It was like midterm season when the fun room one happened, right? Yeah, I was in class. That yeah, was, I was real busy during that time. I remember so that I wasn't some, able to make it. Somebody, I think maybe it was Ike. He's like, he's like, scales want to come real bad, but uh, he's he was grinding, man. He's working today on midterm stuff. I yeah, was like, I'll oh, take next time. Couldn't slip away. Couldn't slip away, man. Just how Sometimes. That's how it be, man. But we got you in here now. This might be better. Can you know? We can talk about you as a whole. You know, we'd had to. Not that talking about fun room is bad. We're gonna do that anyways. Yeah. But like, you know, now we can do just you, which I'm yeah. excited about. Sounds good. Yeah, man. I've had a few um few drummers on, which is always interesting to me because it's just different. You know, like it's a different mindset, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to digging into that with you. So just kind of like. Let's get the origin story on it. Like, kind of, when did you start playing the drums? What was interesting about them? Any anything influence wise that appealed to you? Yeah, so I started playing drums in elementary school, fourth grade okay. band, way back, way back, just okay. concert band. Yeah, I got started because my dad had told me he had played drums in his church. Yeah, and I was like, that seems fun. Yeah, so hopped in concert band, started just literally just playing snare drum, and yeah. then. Did that through. So would that be marching or just concert no, stuff? No, no. It was okay. just concert stuff. I did concert stuff all the way through uh, gotcha. middle school. Worked, worked. And then when I got into high school, that's when I hit the marching yeah. real hard. Yeah. Um, and but, I was taking private lessons all throughout that time because I was okay. always, I mean, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I would always yeah. progress faster than everybody else for some reason. Gotcha. And I would just want something else to be better at. And so my parents got me private lessons with concert stuff or whatever. Um, so was it like an immediate love kind of thing for you? Was it like, all right, I'm about to be a drummer, like when you're in fourth grade? Or was it like, oh, I like to do this? Not really, because at yeah. the time in like middle school and elementary school, I was also like running track pretty competitively as gotcha. well. Gotcha, yeah. And so um, I was doing both of those, and I was like, I'm good at both. Yeah. I enjoy drumming more. Uh-huh. Um but I was like good at both, but I still did it. When I got into high school, I was like, all right, no, I'm not going to run anymore. <laughs> I just got bored with it. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't want to do this just competitively. Over it. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. So did the drumming, got into the marching band, and that's where things really took off. Really? Well, yeah. What about that Like, was different? Was it uh Everybody was better than me. Ooh, okay. That's so good. So I had something to strive towards. Yeah, yeah. And I was introduced into the world of DCI and WGI, mm-hmm. so competitive marching band and like indoor drum line. Real deal stuff. stuff, right? Yeah, and I saw drummers that I never seen. The chops that I saw on some of these guys, uh-huh. I was like, oh my gosh. And I initially <laughs> auditioned for snare drum. I yeah. got on top bass drum. Okay. They moved me fall of my, or winter of my freshman year onto uh-huh. tenors. Tenors, so which would the, that be? The, the big four drums that are on a big gotcha. metal frame. Yeah, yeah. So I initially got started on that and just, it was rough at first. Yeah. Because I couldn't carry the things. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was a twig. I remember my yeah. first rehearsal. I wore those drums uh-huh. and I like bent over in a break or something just to stretch my back because my lower yeah. back was just killing just me. Just roaring. And I got stuck. Bent over, and I was like, my instructor was like, "All right, ready, let's go." Uh Um, one of us at ease, ready to go, ready for the next set or whatever. And I was like, "I can't 
stand up right now. And everybody on the drum line just started laughing at me. No way, man. I mean, I'm a skinny guy, but yeah. I was even smaller than uh-huh. in freshman in high school. Yeah, yeah. So it was bad. And but at this time, though, are you playing any kit stuff? Like none, right? No. Me okay. playing kit is actually an interesting story. Yeah. But, Tell me. Tell me. Um, play throughout high school. And mm-hmm. at that time, I did not want to play drum set. Really? At all. I had learned a little bit in elementary or middle school. Uh-huh. I got some set lessons. I had yeah. a kit or whatever. But I like packed it away in high school. Yeah. Never played it. That's I weird, just, man. Well, I saw so many bad drum set players. <laughs> Still seeing some or, of them. <laughs> right. But like it was boring to me. Cause yeah. I didn't, I didn't gotcha. see anything interesting and i didn't understand what the drum set could be at the time yeah everything like super creative on drums i saw in like marching band aspect there was like this performative aspect and lots of different chops and like ways of playing that i was like i like this way more than anything Mm -hmm. that i've seen it was a super naive opinion don't get me wrong well it's just growth you know what i mean right getting you where you're going from what i was seeing at that time i was like the concert band stuff and the marching stuff that i'm seeing is way cooler than any drum set stuff that i'm Uh seeing and i told i was like if that's what drum sets like i don't want to have anything to do not interested yeah i was just not interested and that was my mindset all the way into starting undergrad really yeah so you've only been playing really playing kit for would it be five years now or four I've been, I mean, like you've been playing kit, but like 2018, that's not so long, man. That's know. crazy. What was the transition like though? When you do get there, cause like you get pretty used to not playing one drum, I guess. Cause you have the four in front of you or just yeah. a snare, but like, um, I guess you're a little more focused on playing with everybody in the band, right? Like yeah. marching wise. So in, I've always been used to like playing with a group uh-huh. and like being a part of a cohesive thing. But my playing style was always following other people. Gotcha. So like as tenors, I'm not, you were trained if you're on the outside of the line to listen in towards the center snare. Mm-hmm. And like, even if you're the center quad player, you you're responsible for time, but yeah. you also got to make sure you're listening in it. And then the same with the concert band. Uh-huh. you're looking at the conductor. They're the one who's dictating time. Same, yeah. You're following them. That's where your time comes from rather than like drum set where you, you yeah, are the, the one who's responsible for time. You are leading the band. Granted, everybody's responsible for time. I believe that in the band, <laughs> but agreed, but you know, like when you think of like, who's the one who's holding it down and everything, it's your bass player and your drum set. Player. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but that was something I didn't, I had to learn. So mm-hmm. I got started my whole freshman year of, undergrad i didn't play drum set at all i was i told my my that's not long ago that's crazy to i me, know man, my you're per- so good man. my insane. percussion instructor he was like do you want to play drum set and i was like honestly no i don't want really? to that's yeah. so wild. it seems so backwards you know what i mean usually see other way around kind of yeah so. my opinion has changed a lot <laughs> but he we so i asked him to join jazz band after uh-huh. a while and he was firm like he was a big believer on if you can't play if you don't have the chops to play like really, really good stuff on uh-huh. one drum, like just like your snare drum fundamentals yeah. are not there, then the, I'm not going to put you in jazz band. Makes sense. Yeah. And so I've been doing lessons with him for like a year and a half at that point. And it was like halfway through my sophomore year that I asked him to be a part of jazz band. Of college? Of college. So yes. it'd be jazz band at UGA or? So I went to Barry College. Oh, okay. For undergrad in Rome, Word. Georgia. Yeah. Word. yeah. And so uh, I was under John David. Yeah. Oh, that was the percussion director there. Uh-huh. And, um, 
So I asked him to be a part of it because I'd seen what they were doing. And I was like, this is cool. Like, this is the next level for me. Uh Um, And he brought me in and I still didn't want to play drum set. (laughs) But he was like, we're doing a Latin jazz concert. So Uh I want you to learn how to play congas. Okay. And that's the big, tall. Yeah. Um. So the hand drums, the bongos would be shorter version of the it, bongos right? are the kind ones of... that you put in between your legs or whatever. Uh-huh. Some people put them on the stand, but like traditionally you'd put them in between your legs yeah. and it's a lot of finger based stuff. Congas are tall. You hold one in between your legs and the other one will sit over here if you're okay. playing with two. And it's like more of hand stuff, like your full hand rather than yeah. the fingers with the bongos. Interesting. Um, but I got started on those and yeah. I loved it. Really? Absolutely loved it. And that first Latin jazz concert, they brought in this conga player named Frankie uh-huh. Quinones. Um, and I was able to get a lesson from him about congas and things like that. And I loved congas like yeah, so just much. Just immediately interested in it kind of? Yeah. It was just different. I yeah. loved the different, like I loved Latin jazz. I just uh-huh. completely fell in love with it. It was just such an interesting way of drumming and yeah. playing and styles and stuff that I was not exposed to before. I mean, you kind of are forced to be creative when you only have two things sitting in front of me, you know what I mean? Right. Two, two instruments per se. Or yeah. I guess it's one, but you know what I mean? And the biggest thing that I learned from that lesson with Frankie is that he was like, it's all about the sounds that you get from your instrument okay. because there's like five basic sounds that you can get from a conga. Uh-huh. And so he's like, you master those five sounds and yeah. then you realize there's more in between those sounds and then you can choose what you do based on cool. where you use your hand. Yeah. Like how tense your hand is you can change the sound that you're getting and like all this stuff with just honestly you could just do it with one conga yeah. you don't even need the second one but like yeah. traditionally you would have it but um a little flare yeah yeah so i learned all of that and got super super interested in that yeah and grew to love it and one thing i saw with conga players is sometimes they would have a cowbell on okay. like their left foot yeah and I had a really, really hard time with that, like learning how to do that. Why is that? I didn't have the coordination. Really? Yeah. Okay. So they would do what's called a clave in their like left foot. Yeah. And they would play the congas on top of that and like solo over that and just keep that clave going. So up until then, you didn't have anything to do with the feet usually, right? Yeah. Because even the bass is, is with your hands on, in band and stuff, right? Right. The most stuff I would do with my feet yeah. was marching band just left, right? Left, yeah. right. Doing the drill or whatever. About face and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Um, it was never having to actually play music yeah. with my feet. Uh-huh. Um, and I got introduced to that with like congas and stuff. And that was the moment that my professor was like, all right, you can be better at this yeah. if you learn drum set. Uh, and I was like, fuck. All right, let's do it. And so, <laughs> let's, do it. let's run it. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Like genuinely my drive to play drum set was to be better at congas. That's crazy. Um, I like that. And so I was like, all right, let's yeah. freaking do this. And so he sat me down. He's uh-huh. like, he gave me this packet of stuff that he wrote called Basic Beats. Mm-hmm. And I went through and just had to play all these different rhythms and learn all these different patterns. He gave me a song to learn, Vultures by John Mayer. I love that song, dude. That was the first drum set song. He was really? Like, yeah, he was like, learn this song. I feel like that's a really tasty drum song. Like, I fucking it love is. that song. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. And at first I listened to it and I was like, well, this is freaking easy. <laughs> and then I tried to play it and yeah. I was like, that pocket, there's so much pocket. Yeah, there's yeah. so much nuance. Yes. I, yes. Do, I can't, Very how subtle. do I get yeah. from like this pattern? Cause you listen uh-huh. to it and I'm like, Oh, it's just a pattern. I yeah. can just repeat that. And then I can't, gotcha, I can't repeat yeah. what he's doing. That's fascinating. And I'm like, how do I get mm-hmm. there? And That's so 
interesting. That really started my journey of like, wait a second. Yeah, there's more here. There's way more to this. And was it pretty? I mean, pretty. Uh, not instant, but like pretty soon after. Like you know, you start playing the pattern and you're trying vultures. It's like, oh, this is like, I really like this. Or was it like took some time? It took some time. Yeah, because you're saying that you're pretty strong against it for a while. You know, yeah. I well, I was very like it. It didn't take necessarily much time for my yeah. mindset to change, uh-huh. but for me to start to enjoy it, I had to learn. I, I had to get my chops for it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Because I had all these chops that uh-huh. I didn't know how to apply to this instrument. Because you know, I had like marching chops, and yeah. they were really, really good for that. And I had conga chops as well, and they were uh-huh. really, really good for that. And I had the strength and things to do that, yeah. but I had to technically apply it. Like I knew how to play all these rudiments and things uh-huh. like that. But if I just go and play like a paradiddle yeah. on a drum set and I don't orchestrate it on my drums correctly, I don't do the dynamics right. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like shit. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> it just doesn't. Right? It's yeah. just a dude playing a paradiddle yeah, yeah, on yeah. drums. But if you play it right and nuance it in such a way, uh-huh. and that's what I had to learn. It wasn't interesting. And that was difficult? Was that difficult? It was very difficult. I can see that. I can see Very that. difficult. Um, but it wasn't so much me having to um, – a lot of my practicing with drum set was done with coordination with my feet. Okay. Learning how to separate each one of my limbs yeah. and understand, yeah. oh, I need to play different things yeah. everywhere, yeah. sometimes in different, like – time signatures and things to get Uh the sounds that I want and they all need to be still locked in still tight that seems to be like I I don't know if that's the biggest hurdle but for me as someone who's trying to learn drums has been like getting everything independent from one another has been the to where I'm not like you know what I mean like so hard like you know what I'm saying like it's so hard yeah I feel like that's the big hurdle of a drummer drum set drummer right maybe one of them I think so. That's yeah. probably like the biggest technical thing. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you have the chops and yeah. your ability to play things are there on one drum, mm-hmm. it's taking that rudiment or that pattern or whatever and applying it to all of your limbs. That's the hard part. At least for me, it was the very difficult part. And then all the nuance uh-huh. and the feel, that the, the pocket, that yeah. quote-unquote yeah. pocket that everybody uh-huh. talks about. That for me came from listening. Okay. How how so? What do you mean by that? Like, so I listened to a lot of really good drummers. Yeah. Yeah. We should back up and kind of see see who influenced you. You know what I mean? Like what was kind of getting you into it throughout this whole period? Like what? So a lot of jazz, a lot of jazz. Okay. A lot of jazz, Uh a lot of Count Basie, Duke Ellington, Uh um, Miles Davis, Sonny Rollins, um, Sinatra. Yeah. Yeah. All of these guys and all they did, and then with like in the Latin realm of things, it was uh-huh. like Eddie Palmieri, uh, Pongo Sanchez, uh-huh. um, Bobby Allende. Uh, if you had to pick a top three out of that that I should go listen to, could you pick a top three? Because yeah. I, I want to learn more. Uh, Count Basie's number one. Uh-huh. He's probably like that's just swing. If you want yeah. to know how to swing and yeah. play jazz, Count Basie. Uh-huh. I would say Duke Ellington right after that, and then Eddie Palmieri. Who's Latin? How do you spell that last one? Uh, P A L M R I something like that. R E I something like that. That'll that'll be enough for me. Thanks, man. Sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna look these up because I'm like I have no depth on that genre. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I'm curious. So that's yeah. where I got. That's a lot of my listening where that came from, and uh-huh. then it kind of like branched out from there into 
like jazz fusion sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So Snarky Puppy, New Jive. Yeah. Um, I which, loved is, it. which is just like a little more modern, like twist on it kind of, right? Yeah. As it's, the time went on. It's jazz, but not in the sense that you would think jazz. Yes. You think jazz and you think like the spangling, like super yeah. straight up swing. Yeah. But then you have like New Jive and Snarky Puppy where there's like jazz elements in their playing uh-huh. and they're taking a lot of like, Snarky Puppy's a big example for this. I love this uh-huh. band so much, so I can talk about them forever. I'm going to look them up too. I don't know. They're amazing. But what they do a lot of the times with their playing is they take a lot of different world rhythms mm-hmm. and they incorporate it and a, like I'll say apply groove, which uh-huh. is a weird way because all music has groove. Uh-huh. All good music has groove to an extent, <laughs> yes. but they apply like a, like a, an American groove to it. So they'll okay. take like, say a Latin style of playing and they'll do that Latin style, but maybe add a little bit of a twist to it okay. where they might add a backbeat in yeah. there, like a two yeah. and four backbeat just enough. No, it doesn't like where it doesn't take away from the Latin groove and you're not completely changing it, uh-huh. but you'll do, yeah, you'll do something like that. You said know? world rhythms. What do you mean by that? World rhythms. I just mean anything that's not yeah. rock. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's so like your Latin Tibetan music, your mm. African rhythms, um, like yeah. that, that kind I of I get what stuff. you mean. Okay. That clears it up. I was just curious. Yeah. yeah. So that's where it kind of branched off into and hearing a lot of players from that and yeah. then just kind of finding what music I liked. Yeah. Which and then, is tough sometimes, you know, it is. to know exactly what you want. And then appreciating the music I grew up with uh-huh. that didn't appreciate. So I grew up with like Michael Jackson and Prince yeah, and yeah. things like that. Uh-huh. And going back to that music with uh-huh. a new like musical mindset. Appreciation for it. Yeah, yeah. And being like, oh, what they're doing, mm-hmm. it feels that good yeah. because of like X, Y, Z and like wanting to emulate that. So you're kind of like diagnosing it kind of. Right, you're like listening to jazz and and everything you listen to and trying to understand why that is that. Right, yeah. It seems that's what I at least got the impression was that like you weren't just listening, you were like listening. Yes. So I'm a sense. big believer. There's like two kinds of practicing. You have your actual practicing, which uh-huh. is just like you're building chops, you're yeah. building your technical ability, uh-huh. you're practicing your whether your lick that you heard in whatever song. That's uh-huh. what you're doing. And then there's your listening, practicing, okay. where you're listening to a bunch of players, and you're you're not just like passively; it's in the background while you're driving. Like yeah. you're you're sitting there, listening intently. Yeah. You're pausing it, going back. You're slowing it down. You're un- trying to understand what that musician was trying to tell you through that instrument. That's really cool. And, and I think drummers have to do that more, right? Because you guys, your instrument isn't as available, right? Like uh, I can always just like listen to something. And then grab my guitar and try it with the radio. But I mean, you guys can or whatever. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you can't play your kit every day or whatever. Right. I mean, you can do that. I'm yeah. a fir- I'm a firm believer that just like everybody needs to listen to that instrument because there's you can put things on a guitar tab and learn uh-huh. it. You can put things on a page and staff or whatever. Yeah. And it's on the page, but what's on the page might not be what's actually being played. Exactly. Yeah. Because. You can't put feel on a page. Yeah, you, so can't put, you can't transcribe so feel. So you kind of stopped reading music at some point, I imagine, right? After the marching band thing, right? Like, Oh, I still did. In jazz yeah. band, you read it a lot. But like, yeah. you get a jazz chart for a drummer, uh-huh. and it's just the form, essentially. Yeah. It's just 
the staff with a bunch of slashes through it, and there might be a few hits where the band is going to be hit. So you got to like hit a those. guideline. Yeah, it's you, essentially you got to put guideline. the feel in it exactly. Okay, sweet, and it'll say at the top like medium swing or it'll Allegro give you a tempo and whatever, whatever is, style like six eight, yeah, whatever or something. Uh-huh. And so it'll tell you that at the top, and it'll have the form. And so I kind of had to learn a lot of my practicing was going in uh, with my chart, sitting with my chart, listening to the track on like Spotify, YouTube, wherever I could find it, quite frankly, because sometimes uh-huh. you'd have to look other where. Uh-huh. Um, and then with a pencil and going through and yeah. making notes of like, oh, this really? drummer did this. Okay, I'm going to mark that, that he did that there. I yeah. might not do that, but I'm going to put it that it's a possibility of something that I could do. In the catalog. Yeah, because I mean, a lot. when my professor told me, he's like, go and learn other people's vocabulary mm-hmm. and do that. Yeah. But then that's just vocabulary for you to know. You don't always have to do that. It's another tool in the toolbox. Right. right? It's just like you're learning a language. Music is a language. So you have to get words and phrases and learn how to put those in the sentences and communicate Uh those. And for a while, you're just going to be repeating what other people have done before you. Mm -hmm. But eventually, you're going to get to the point where you can form your own sentences. And when you play, it sounds like you. It doesn't sound like... It doesn't sound like Larnell Lewis or Buddy Rich yeah. or somebody that you've yeah. listened to. It sounds like Alex Scales. Yes, and you kind of have to emulate to get there, right? Yeah. For sure. I mean, obviously. Everybody has to. Yeah. You yeah. got to start somewhere. You have to. So that's that's so interesting, man. And it's it's easier said than done, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't wait to one day I'll be in a band and I'll be doing something completely new. It's like, it's going to be tougher than you think, you know what I mean? To do something completely new. Like, it's just, yeah. it gives you a real perspective on like the you know, whatever was new back in the day. It's like, wow, that was really innovative. Yeah. And I think it's wild that you, like almost everything you're saying is kind of backwards from the the normal guests on the show, which is cool, by the way. You know, like the normal or the average uh, person in a band in Athens, you know, they like grew up listening to rock. They're like, oh, I want to be in a big rock band one day. So you didn't have any of that, right? You just wanted to play. Yeah. Kind of. I listened to music, obviously, as we all do, but it wasn't like I heard something in a song and I was like, I want to do this. It was like, Oh, my dad did this. This would be kind of cool. Yeah. Interesting. And then my progression has been a lot of up and down and I want to do some, a lot of it's like, I want to do something different than what everybody else is doing. You know, I want to be good at something unique. And Uh, I think I had always been looking for, I mean, I look back on it now. I've always been looking for like wanting to stick out in uh whatever I was doing. Yeah, to and be like, original kind of stuff. Yeah, to be original and to bring mm-hmm. some kind of something that was different than what the next person next to me yeah, was doing. Yeah, I feel like that's super noble. Like I think that's a good goal that everybody should have, right? Yeah, you know? I really wanted that individual sound, that individual yeah. look or mm-hmm. whatever. Because I think with marching band, I kind of found that because I got, I realized I was like, oh, um. In like indoor drumline, it's very theatrical. Like okay. You're playing with your entire body. Yeah. So like okay. I'm playing these notes and doing all these things, but like I need to add some like thing here. Constantly I need, I need moving. to move with it. I yeah. need to do facial expressions with what I'm playing. I gotcha. need to show the audience why they should care about yeah. what they're hearing right now. Because your yeah. average audience isn't going to know uh-huh. all the technical crazy shit that you're doing they're not going to care about that no one cares but (laughs) but when you're playing that crazy stuff 
and you're making a face to it yeah. and your body's into it and your whole body is playing that they see that yeah. and they're like oh yeah but then your like drummer is like oh that's cool he's into it that much and i also know what he's doing so yeah. you're appealing to the both of both those parties. crowds it's like you're selling it i guess yeah you're selling it exactly and it's it's tougher for you guys to do that obviously behind the kit because you can't really move can't leave that spot right so was there was that a good thing for you because like you were used to moving around and walking while you were playing was like when you got to sit down on the kit, was that an interesting transition? I don't know if that question makes sense. No, that makes sense. Kind of. It. So I think, okay, my mindset on this changed interestingly enough. So mm-hmm. I went to, when I was in high school, I went to Passion City Church, which was in Atlanta. It's like, a big church, right? Yeah, really Huge, big right? church in yeah. Buckhead. Um, and they had a worship conference there. And I had always hated playing worship music in okay. church. Yeah. I still don't enjoy it. <laughs> Not for you. Yeah, yeah, it's just because it's boring to me. Yeah, that's gotcha. all. Gotcha. But what this guy said completely changed how I started playing mm-hmm. um, tenors and how it, and then it's translated into everything else that I played from there. Is it was an instrumentalist um, session mm-hmm. because, like, you know, you go to a church and you see the worship leader and they're just like up there, up front, and you can see them like like worshiping and doing their whole thing or whatever. It's out there way easier for you to see. Uh But then you have like the other instrumentalists. They're just standing there playing through the parts or whatever. Yes. And essentially the whole talk was about how can you like worship through your instrument if you're not the guy singing. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know if this makes sense. If it's, if you haven't grown up in churches, I guess it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around, but Essentially, the do was like play in such a way that you're not doing it necessarily for yourself, and that mm-hmm. like you're playing as like an act of worship to God and things like that. Yeah. Um, and no, that, that was sense. yeah, that, makes sense. that exactly completely changed how yeah. I approached my instrument because I stopped doing it really for myself. Mm, that's hard, and which is like a really hard thing to remove yourself yeah. from because you yeah. work so hard, you do all these things. Um, but it was like realizing it was like, oh yeah, I wouldn't have this talent unless it was like built into me. And like, I was given this gift to develop this and I'm going to work hard and develop yeah. it because it was given to me. And then I'm going to give it back into an app of worship. And that took away all the pressure as uh-huh. well of like having to be, I don't know, having to be perfect all the time. Gotcha. Um, and that was like another thing that was hard to get out of because in high school they expect you to be perfect in marching yeah. band. They're like, everything needs to be perfect all the time. You can't make a mistake. You mm-hmm. get into jazz and there's like, oh yeah, well a mistake could be something cool that you play later on. Yeah. Something yeah. you didn't mean to play can become this sweet little idea that you can yeah. turn into a solo or something like that. That's wild. Um, so a lot of like that mind shift and like taking it off myself and being like, okay, I'm doing this mm-hmm. to like worship because I was given this talent and developed it and that sort of thing. And that kind of like changed why I play, why I play. And that allowed me to be more free in my playing. And mm-hmm. when I did that, I started noticing people being like, dude, I don't know what you did. Like, but I yeah. noticed you're, you were just so much more into that music. Yeah. And I saw that and I like loved that. And I was like, wow, okay. This is like a, something interesting and different that I didn't yeah. see before. Is it kind of like though, like, uh, I guess I'm trying to fully understand it. That makes a lot of sense. But like when you say that, you're not doing it for yourself. Does that mean you're doing it for the audience or for the act of doing it? Does that does that make sense? Yeah. So like when I say I'm not doing it for myself, it's more so I'm. It's a, it's doing a tricky it, thing. I'm not doing it necessarily for the audience either. I'm doing it 
for like the glory of God in my yeah. mind. Like yeah. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That, see, that's, that makes sense. Interesting. I, and I know what you're talking about too. Cause like sometimes you just get up there and you have to like turn something on. It's like right. something clicks when you're up there and it's like, all right, I uh, got to make sure everybody has a good time and make sure I have a good time kind of stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Cause I know myself, I start, if I'm yeah. doing it for myself and I'm trying to be like perfect and technical, I, I start thinking about it too much and I start overthinking mm. everything that I'm playing. Yeah. Which granted there's a place for thinking about it and really getting uh-huh. whatever. But if I'm thinking about things all the time, and especially if I'm playing like a song that's like at 200 beats per minute, I can't think that fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, there's a point where I just got to let go and I just got to trust my muscle memory and I let just got to enjoy what I'm doing. That was a big revelation for me as like someone who just started to play drums. Is like when I grew up, I thought that like like flashy drumming was the uh, most impressive or whatever. But like yeah. now I know that it's like it's not like the the less... You know, the, the more tasteful it is, the more impressive it is. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's less impressive than, like, a fucking pocket or something, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. One of the best, I mean, one of the greatest drummers right now, in my uh, opinion, Questlove. Everybody oh, yeah. Knows, everybody yeah. knows Questlove. Monster. He's got the thing in his hair all the time. Yep. <laughs> the dude is a pocket machine. Mm-hmm. And you will rarely hear him solo. Yeah. And you, but he'll play tasteful fills and he will play pocket. Uh-huh. But I would listen to that all day long yeah. over like some and for you drummers listening right now don't <laughs> hear me say this and c- don't at me but like i'd rather listen to like that pocket than uh, like a buddy rich crazy like 10 minute yeah. solo or something like that yeah i love buddy rich all the same <laughs> he's great yeah he's amazing best drummer of our time of for <laughs> greatest drum probably ever yeah but gotcha you like pocket more, get your booty moving better. So <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean though, because like um it, it kind of ruins it for me. There's there's a few people that come to mind, uh, and maybe it's just maybe it's just preference, you know, but like I can't stand it when it's like just like a verse and like drummers just like like the whole like I mean, it bothers me when it's like the verse. Does that make sense? It's no, like, yeah. Bro, chill out. Like let the song like do its thing. So but, it's all um, about servicing the music. Yeah, yeah. It's and, not about me it's not about yeah and the same thing could be said about like guitar too if it's like a, a verse or whatever he's like solo on the verse like bro play the song you know and then like worry about that stuff later like it's, yeah. it's just you know what i mean you know what i'm trying to say yeah i know exactly what yeah. you're saying yeah. i mean the song is what we're there to play yeah. and we're there to do the song justice mm-hmm. and so when we have a solo do a solo and then it's about you during that solo yeah and take own it that, up own suck that it up. solo yeah. suck it up uh-huh. but when it's time for you to support your buddy yeah. next to you Support them and do what you need to do to make them sound the best or make the song sound the best. I agree, man. Like if I'm playing a song and all I need to do is play simple eighth notes on my hi-hat, one and three on my kick and two and four on my snare, and that's Uh all I need to do. Okay, cool. I'm going to play that and I'm going to support everybody else what they're doing and I'm going to give them a nice little cushion and couch to sit on so they can do whatever they want so they don't feel like they have uneven ground. Yeah, uneven ground is a good way to put it. Everybody knows that feeling uh-huh. playing uh-huh. with a drummer or a bass player or another musician yeah. and you're trying to solo over something and mm-hmm. they're just not comfortable with yeah. whatever their group is. It's a little is. dicey. A little it's dicey. dicey. I've been there. I've definitely given very, very bad foundations <laughs> yeah. to people before. We all I, have. We all we've have. All, we've all yeah. been there. That's part of but the fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> you learn real quick yeah. from that, especially when the soloist is like, dude, 
I couldn't lock into anything or play. And you're like, oh, well, time to hit the practice room again. Yeah. Time to go shed some more. <laughs> time to go put some put some hours back in. You know, yeah. it, it's funny that like um, music does that to you. It's one of the things I really like about it. It's like you would think, and we've been playing all these years now, like every night or whatever. And it's like you would think we just have it by now. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. every couple of weeks or, or a couple of, of gigs, it's like, damn, I got to fucking back to the drawing board. You know what I yep. mean? Like got to get better. It's crazy. I was about to say, yeah. everybody has those humbling shows. Yeah, you're all, they happen. They happen. Oh, they happen. <laughs> they happen. It's best to just embrace them and get the next one out of the way. Yes, and I will say those humbling shows uh-huh. are the ones that I come out of, like, I'm going to say mad. Yeah, mad. I like myself, you know, but like in a healthy way, not in like a self-deprecating way or anything yeah. like that. But like sometimes you got to come out of a show and be like mad with what you did. I like, think so. Yeah. I'm not happy with the way that I played just then. Yeah. And that then motivates you to be like, all right, I want to do better. And not yeah. like tear yourself down, obviously. You that don't want to do that. That's it's very usually like a few but... days of like, like, fuck, like I got to fucking tighten up. Like this can't yeah. happen anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, you sit on, on it. You think what went yeah. wrong. You're like, okay, yeah. let me process this. Let's see what happened. Uh-huh. How can then. I fix this. Uh-huh. How can what can I then bring to the table? I will some of the best gigs that Fun Room has ever had when uh-huh. I play with them is the gig right after a shitty gig. Oh, those are the nice ones because yeah, like, oh, we're back because we we're, like, we're like we're like one of our, one of our worst gigs that I played with them yeah. was at Southern Brewing Company. <laughs> it was awful. Outside stage, outside stage, jam for Cam. Yeah, it yeah. was jam for yeah. camp. I wanted to come to that. It was different. I'm that. glad you didn't. It was shit. It was <laughs> so bad. It happens, man. It was so bad. Well, what about it though? Let's like see what was wrong with it. You know what I mean? I'm just curious. As yeah, to, like what we just never locked in that gig. Yeah, everybody was like messing up. Yeah, and nothing. The groove never locked in. Nothing was cohesive, oh. and we walked away from that gig just. Like just disappointed in yeah. what we did. We joked. We were like, "All right, fun rooms breaking up." <laughs> yeah. We like joked about that. And but then, I, like after we sat on it and then came back, the next gig, I think like the next gig we played was a Roadhouse gig or something like that. It's one of the best gigs we played because yeah. we were upset with what we did before. And it caused a change. It caused a change. We were uh-huh. like, we don't want that. We don't mm-hmm. want to settle for what uh-huh. we just did because we know we can be better. You've done it. You've yes. been better. Yeah. That's so interesting, man. And I wish there was a way to put a finger on it, but like, um, it, they just happen, you know, it's like, you, you think you got it down, you practice everything up and just like, you just can't hit that spot. And it's like technical difficulties or something. Somebody fucks something up. It's like the whole set just doesn't go right. But I think like you're saying though, those are so important for making the good ones better. If they were yeah. all perfect, like, I don't think it would be interesting. Kind no. of, you know what I mean? Failure motivates yeah. you to strive for better yeah because if you're perfect all the time you have nothing to to go for Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know it's the same thing with like competition competition can be healthy but this is like an internal competition yeah it is with yourself oh yeah i played a bad gig okay whatever it happens you move on you move forward and then you play better the next gig and you figure out how can i then be better and it's a healthy motivation it can turn can turn negative obviously (laughs) if you let it if you let it, don't let every little mistake Bobby, happen. Yeah. Little Bob and Ross, happy little mistakes can yeah. become something great. Something great. Something but, great. you know. I mean, even arena artists, is, this is a rec- not a recent revelation, but, you know, the past couple of years, I was like, oh, even they have bad nights. Like, it doesn't just ever get to where you're perfect, you know. So, right. Nothing's, that's interesting. This, this idea of perfection. Yeah. Nobody wants perfection. Yeah, it's no fun. It's no fun. It's interesting, too, because, like, sometimes the shit gigs, like, 
think about when you walked off for chair for camp. I bet a few people came up to you guys and were like, whoa, that was fucking awesome. You know, like they don't know. Like we're right. the only ones that know and like are like, damn, this sucks. But to somebody else, it's their first fun room show. And they're like, these guys are fucking ripping. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's I've definitely done that where I've like yeah. walked off the stage and I was like, just personally, like I was like, man, yeah. I was just not happy with the way I played stuff. And people be like, dude, that was so good. And be like. Really? Were you listening to the same game? Yeah, that I, yeah. Like, were you listening to the same thing? I, I, I had to stop. Do, I, I try to stop doing that because people come up to us. I'd be like, "Damn, that was shit." I was like, "I just ruined it for him." You know what I mean? Like, just agree with them that it was great. You know? So. Yeah, I'll just say thank you. And yeah, like, I know. I know what I did. I know yeah. what I need to fix next you know? time. Yeah, and you just move on. Um, that jam for cam was funny because I literally left there and then went to the forty watt to play a show with Half Baked Tofu. Yeah, we gotta talk about this band. Like, Half Baked Tofu, and that's when I met Wim Tapley for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. You guys, he, he, you guys opened right. Yeah, we did. Yeah, well, tell me about. Let's get into your bands, kind of. We we yeah. glanced over them, but like, uh, you're man, a few bands at this point. But um, Fun Room, let's start there and kind right. of like, tell me how you got into that band, what the goal was of you joining. Um, is it rock? Is it considered rock band? What's the genre definition? I would say like a jam band. Jam band. Yeah. Okay. And did you have any like aspiration? I mean, I've kind of heard the story of how you joined, but um, I mean, you weren't you weren't looking for a jam band to be in, were you? No, I not mean, at all. A bridged version of the Fun Room story for those of y'all who haven't heard it before yeah, tell it, and haven't it. listened to the Fun Room um, podcast, which you should go listen good to. Good listen. Nice plug. Uh, it is a good listen. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug for everybody there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But essentially, I was like literally just sitting in my room and I looked at the, I got added into the Jam Ham group yeah, meet. This classic. was like February of 2021 or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, we were we were just coming out of like the big COVID dead area when it comes to music because uh-huh. I got into Athens in August of 2020. Gotcha. Um, and I saw that there was I think it was Ike he put in the group. He was like, "Hey, we need a drummer for a gig in like three hours." And I was I saw it and I was like, "I've been wanting to get involved with the scene and everything. I hadn't yeah. had a chance because you hadn't done was, anything in the scene. I hadn't had nothing because really? there was no live music really at the yeah, time. Nothing. No bars were having live music. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know where to go. There were a bunch of private parties, but I didn't know where to go to meet people. Gotcha. Um, and I was like, well, here's my opportunity. And so I just texted him. I was like, hey, I can do it. DM'd him. He was like, I was like, what's your set list? Just send me it. Yeah. He's like, you sure you can do this? We got like, it's like a three hour, four hour gig. And I was like. I'm gonna try my best. I'm gonna yeah. do it. So he that's sent me bold, that. man. I mean, I gotta give it to you. That's ballsy, bro. Like, I, I was so nervous. Were you? Yeah. Oh yeah, because well, I'd never done anything like. I've been sitting in my garage, bagging out Ferretta with my yeah. parents, playing my brand new drum set that I just bought going uh-huh. into COVID. That's all I was doing was practicing and listening to tunes. And I was yeah. like, all right, Alex, it's time to do this. Like, it's send it. Nut up or shut up. Like, here yeah. we go. Um, and so I got that playlist, and there was like. 50 songs Damn <laughs> Something ridiculous like yeah. that And how so, many did you recognize? A lot or a little? Like I recognized like five <laughs> Out of 50? I will say When I joined this band I didn't know half the songs Yeah That yeah. we were doing I had to learn a lot of new music Because you weren't really listening to that stuff no. I mean you had mentioned that When we were playing together one time You're like I, I don't listen to any of this This is wild I was like wow Like it's just like such a weird Like very cool you know yeah, That you don't I wasn't listening to any of that yeah. I'd heard like some stuff and I've heard of the Grateful Dead yeah and like Almond Brothers and things like that but that was not on my my everyday listening to list you're you aware know? of it just not yeah listening. I knew it existed but yeah. it was not like oh I'm gonna go listen to Grateful Dead or Almond Brothers and something like that that was uh-huh. not what I was gonna do but this list and I just went through and I genuinely just like listened to the intro listened to like a verse uh-huh. kind of got a feel for what the groove was 
and then listen to the end of the song. Yeah. And I was like, because that's all I had time for. Yeah. You couldn't even like, listen to the whole thing? No. And I was like, all right, here we go. We're going to do this. And so showed up and it was one of those things that I was very much listening to them. I was not leading as a drummer at that gotcha. time. Gotcha. Yeah. I, now I'm very much more confident where I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm we're sure. going to do this. Here we go. But because I know the songs now. Yeah. Count them in. Yeah. Count them in everything. But I just kind of followed what they did yeah. and got through it. It was really interesting. We like took yeah. a break and John Cherry came. John Cherry, man. And the me goat. and him started playing some Bossa Nova what? and some Take the A Train together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this guy's sick. He's What's so going sick, on? Man. Gone but not forgotten. He's alive. He's just in Austin. I, know, I miss that guy <laughs> so much. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, man. But like, there was that. And then played that gig. Uh-huh. I think we also played Whipping Post that gig nice. for the first time. Yeah. I never heard Whipping Post. And yeah. I was like, I heard the song. I was like, oh, okay, give me a second. I need to go listen to this one a little more. Uh-huh. And I just listened to it. I was like, okay, cool. This is a 6 8. And it was yeah. actually like freaking Providence because I had just practiced the Buddy Rich West Side Story Suite, learning that uh-huh. for my senior gig recital that got like canceled. Which, which one is this again? Buddy Rich West Side Story okay. Suite. Check that out. Yeah. It's really good. And it's a master class in like different kinds of jazz playing and things like that. So good. But there's one portion of it that's a six eight groove. Uh And so I had to learn how to do that. And I was like, oh wait. I but when I heard um uh whipping post, I was like, wait a second, this is just thing I just learned this. I know how to do this. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, cool, sweet. And so I played whipping post with them and after the gig i like told them i was like hey like if you ever need i knew they had a drummer already yeah. so i was not expecting to ever get a call from them again yeah that was it yeah i was like this is a one and done it was yeah. fun i enjoyed it had a great time i was like hey if y'all ever need me again to fill in yeah holla. let me know and i'll come uh left that gig didn't expect to hear from them again uh-huh. got got a call from them again Thing, got another call yeah and then i kept getting more and more <laughs> and more calls the Calls kept coming in yeah. yeah come to find out they were like dude after that gig we were wanting you to play yeah. and our band is like a drummer and i was like i'm glad y'all kept calling me because i had a great time and then then we got to where we are now yeah, i gonna say here we are now look here at you guys now. go man but, play 40 watt about 12 fucking times yeah. and uh and i've rooftop. loved i've loved playing with the fun room yeah. because they've challenged me they're really Really, really good players, great uh-huh. soloist. They challenged me to be better. They challenged me to like lead the band harder. Yeah. And uh, awesome took, guys. Yeah, it took me a while to like Do get you, my voice in that band. Yeah, as Just somebody like, joined late. Yeah, you know, I like joined yeah. late. They'd all known each other. They were on the same fraternity and everything. I'm yeah. just this guy coming in. And I was yeah. like, I need, I need to prove my worth, prove myself. I really like stay quiet. But when we started like writing songs more, I started giving more impact, uh-huh. more input, and like, hey, I don't really like this idea. Could we do this? Yeah. Sometimes I was, I'm, I'm pretty harsh and direct. And things, so I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's nah, good though. I ain't, I was be like, yeah, no, I'm not feeling this. Like, let's, <laughs> yeah. can we do this instead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, you've, you've managed to, um, I mean, show your worth enough to pretty much be a leader at this point. Like maybe the leader, I think of you as the leader, if not Ike, you know, Ike is like maybe the face of the brand or whatever, yeah. but Ike like, does a lot of our, yeah. uh, booking and things of that nature. I think of you as the musical leader though. Maybe that makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't kind of. I don't write a lot of the harmonies and things yeah. like that. How but, could you, you know, you're busy. Yeah, but you know, when we're there on the stage, I pretty much call the songs yeah. and That's good. I'll man. lead us in and get us going. If things get off, I'll yeah. 
you guys have got my so kick good. a little harder Wait. and be like, <laughs> here is the time. <laughs> here okay, we are. We yeah, everybody does. But just to think, like, I think the first time I would have saw you guys would have been the time we did 40 watt. From there to now to this last 40 watt one where you guys just absolutely murdered it. I was like, these guys have gotten so good, man. You guys put your heads down and got it done, which I appreciate. And oh, people yeah. know y'all's songs, dude. That's crazy. Good for y'all, man. It it feels so good. Yeah, doesn't it? And they haven't been out long. When did when did the EP come out? Was it two months ago? Something like that? I don't even think it was two months ago. It was dude, April. I remember at 40 Watt, people were singing them, bro. And I was like, let's mm-hmm. go. This is hype. We've been playing all those songs yeah. for a good while before some we people knew them. So some people knew, especially real fans. Fun room, yeah. Obviously, that's, that's one. the go-to. Yeah, they had had yeah. that song written before I even joined. Really? Yeah. Interesting. What that was, was the, what was it like recording with them? You know, because so like I had been in a recording studio before. You'd done it, okay? I had done it because I had done a recording projects with Half Baked Tofu and everything. Okay. And I, so I didn't realize that was before. I thought yeah. that was that was after. But. No, that's before. That was the band that I. Um, Formed when I was an undergrad. Okay, at uh, did you say it was at Barry? Barry? Yeah, Barry? my junior yeah. undergrad. We can talk about them in a bit. Yeah, let's let's finish fun room, then we'll bounce yeah. over to half baked for sure. But um, yeah, re- recording with them was great, and getting in there with Jeff. Yeah. At first, it was one of those things. First time you go in the studio, you just try to figure out the space and everything. I mm-hmm. didn't know Jeff really well at the time, mm-hmm. so I was like. I'd worked with a lot of bad sound guys before, so yeah. I was like, I really hope this guy's not an ass. <laughs> I hope he's like chill and things like that. Uh-huh. He's all right. He's hope all right. He, I hope he doesn't try. He's all right. He's, he's, he's all pretty right. cool. He's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. um, no, that was the one thing he said after that session. I remember that because I always ask him how his sessions go, and he was like, he's like, fucking scales, man. Fucking blew me away. I was like, I was like, who? Was, he was like, scales. He's like, Alex. I was like, oh, oh, scales. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome, yeah. But it was great, and it was good to get in there and to – lay down stuff because uh, i mean i got scott in there and i i was giving a lot of and that's i think that's when i first started to give a lot more input because uh-huh. i going into the studio. the studio i was like guys we cannot go in here and waste our time like we had Absolutely. to go in have a plan because like we were trying not to write songs uh-huh. we did a rehearsal rehearsals beforehand i was like let's not write songs yeah while we're in the studio Cause we're paying for our time. Let's get in here and let's, ha- let's know what ready. we want, have them ready to go and record them. That's so wise. That's what we yeah. need to do. Um, save you a ton of dollars, save you a lot of money, yeah. save you a lot of time. And if you want to get in there and write songs, there's a place for that. Yeah. Like that's people's prerogative and things yeah. like that. I typically the bills don't like doing that. I don't, cause I, I don't have money for that. And cause like when you play the, what you just wrote, like it, it could never be as tight as if you like practiced it for a few weeks. You know exactly. What I mean? yeah. Exactly. And so, we just got in there and I laid down the drum tracks and then they recorded yeah. everything on top of that. So you laid down the drum tracks to a click or you did them live? Uh, Fun Room was recorded live. Uh-huh. Everything else was to a click. Okay. And so I ran through the forum. It was just me in there and I just ran through the forum in my head with the click. That's impressive. You don't. You didn't have any guide track or anything? No. So you just knew. You yeah. knew those arrangements. Y'all didn't play it, no. That's mad impressive. And that was another thing I noted uh, when you... When we were in there when you were doing your solo stuff. Uh, you did like one take to the metronome that was like spot on, but there was like one little thing you wanted to fix, and then you ran it back like all the way through, and it was pretty much the same. I was like, damn, he fucking knows these in his head. So like, how do you do that kind of? Is that just like playing them? I guess just playing them. Yeah, and memorization kind memorization. of memorization. Yeah, when you write the part, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know what you want from it, uh-huh. and so you're like. 
okay, this is my thing. I know what I want. I've thought about it and chewed on it for a long, long time to the point uh-huh. where it's like I could repeat this over and over and over again. It's Without trying. Be the same. Yeah, because it, Was I there a lot of changes in there in the studio? Like, were you like, you guys making arrangement changes and stuff? Because I'm, I'm under the uh, thought process of like, it should be ready when you get in there, like we kind of already talked about. And mm-hmm. some people in my band uh, that I, I really love have been like, we need to get in there and just like take a day and experiment around with it. I'm like, I mean, like that should already be done by the time we get there. Like yeah, that should to, be go yeah. rehearsal space, go to new teams, yeah. go to rabbit hole. And, like we've been playing this live yeah. for three months. Why would we do it different than we do it live? You yeah, know what I'm saying? So, right. But so yeah, there was wasn't there any... a lot of arrangement things. Yeah, when I would go and play through, I might. I'm trying to think. I did a few in one take and a few uh-huh. of them in two, three takes. Okay, but it was more so like I would play through and I would just do something and I would listen back to it and be like, Ooh, I just don't like the way yeah. that, that I don't like that extra little ghost note that I played. Gotcha. It was a little too much. So like or, through recording it, you're like, Oh, I don't like that. Right. But you couldn't tell before. Couldn't tell before. Gotcha. Cause listening back to yourself changes that a lot. <laughs> it does, man. A Especially lot. soloed for drums. Yeah. 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 It changes a lot of like, Oh, I thought it sounded this uh, way, uh. but it's not coming across. Because I can pl- I, I hear things in my head, but whether it comes across when I actually play it, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and listening back to yourself can help you change that. Yeah. And so I think it's a great practicing tool always so rec- too. to record yourself. But um, yeah, yeah it's so very that, telling. Yeah, very tell. Sometimes in, in ways you don't want to hear. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's good. You <laughs> that's need good. To hear. Yeah. Just like the bad gigs, you know, exactly. same exact thing. You got to hear those little things you're doing. But that was a lot of what that was. Gotcha. It wasn't like form changes. It was more yeah. so. Oh, I play this part. Ooh, okay. Maybe I could add something here, or uh-huh. I don't like the way I orchestrated this fill. Let me change yeah. this a little bit. Whatever. It and was like you, minor things like that. Little stuff. Not no huge changes. Right. So like. For drums, too, you guys got to get it because, like, we're about to build everything around you. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, you don't get to go in and, like, if I don't like my guitar rhythm track, like, I can overdub that, like, the fucking day before we mix it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you got to be jun- You got to be happy with it, right? Yeah. Is that tough for you to, like, get one you're really happy with or not? Nah? It's hard. Yeah. It's very hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, on every single one of the tracks I've ever recorded, I hear something I want to change. Really? Yeah. Just after a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even even like going into the whereabouts to put it on and we're about to mix it or whatever, I uh-huh. always hear something that I uh-huh. don't necessarily like. Gotcha. Yeah. What I have to tell myself is though, and I've been told this, <laughs> your first tape is your first take is typically always your best take. Really? Your first take that. or your second take. Yeah. Because you're not really thinking about it as much that uh-huh. Or the take where you go in and you're like, well, I'm just going to experiment and do stuff and yeah. see the way it turns. That's typically also one of your Loose. better takes because you're not thinking about it so much. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm just going to play, you know. Um, but I always hear like super, super minute things yeah. that maybe not your average um, listeners, definitely not your average listeners mm-hmm. going to hear, but like your average even non-drummer might not hear, but like something in like, oh, that rim shot, I could tell that there was more stick on that shot yeah. than the one before it. Gotcha. And so their shots sound different. Or, yeah. oh, I hit a little bit too much rim on that shot, or yeah. I didn't like the way I hit that crash. That like, shit will eat at you, man, like unfortunately. Little things yeah. like that yeah. that you could spend a fucking eternity Yeah. Nothing just, would ever get done if you fixed them all. You know right. I mean? Yeah. You could spend forever. Interesting. And so that's what I have to tell myself. It's like, okay, Alex, 
you're never going to be perfectly happy with all of this. Yeah with the skills that you have right now, I understand where I am in my talents and everything. So I know I'm not a perfect studio drummer. Uh-huh. Um, so I just have to tell myself, is it in time? Uh-huh. Is the feel good? Is uh-huh. the overall take, take good? Mm-hmm. Does it work with the song? Mm-hmm. Does what you play service the music? Yeah. And if all those things apply for me, even if there's like a slight little yeah. thing here and there, uh-huh. I'll be like, okay, I need to be okay with this. You're good with it. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, man. Have a little checklist of like, does it, and a lot of times the take itself will just like, it's like, oh, we obviously have to use that one. You know what I mean? Like right. the, the the energy and the vibe was so good at the end of it. You just know sometimes. Yeah. And that's interesting that you say that about um the takes like one and two usually being the best. Cause I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm not good in the studio yet. Cause like, we'll just go in and we'll do a song like 10 times, you know, and it's like by time five, I'm like, these is not different like these are the same like it's not getting any better yeah like we're just tired of playing it now it's like all right like it kind of just is what it is to a certain point you know Mm -hmm. and when you're going in there it's like all right this is this is how it sounds so that's interesting to hear you say that about takes one and two which i think is so true man and it's also nice to like do a take or maybe like let's say you do three takes and you're still not happy with it yeah take a break come back to it so much and then just cold hit it the next time yeah let me see what you think about this this is my plan for the next time i go into the studio i want to treat it more like a practice in the way of like um let's not run any in a row because like in the past i've been like all right let's play no bad days until we get it you know mm-hmm. and uh i'm this time i'm just going like do one song and do the next song do one song do the next song like play like you're practicing you know mm-hmm. you don't you don't play songs back to back at practice or at least i don't yeah so like maybe that i'm trying to think of like hacks to like in the studio to where it doesn't seem like we just did six takes of a talk, song. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that could work. It honestly, yeah. it just depends on your group and what your, how y'all approach the studio. Totally. My biggest thing is I always tell the funder guys, and I tell myself, like, just get in there and do what you do. Do what we do, yeah. Do yeah. what we do. Like, yeah. we've played these songs a thousand times before. We know yeah. how to play them. We know these songs like the back of our hands because yeah. they come from our own hands. We've done it, yeah. In our own brains. We created so just it. just get in there and do it and just yeah, play. If you just if you get in there, you overanalyze it, and you mm-hmm, think about every little mm-hmm. thing, it's gonna sound worse <laughs> yeah. because you're thinking technically about it, and the yeah. musical aspect's not gonna come through. Such a tricky animal. It's like you would think that, like, um, you know, we play live all the time. You play fifty shows a year or whatever if you're lucky, and uh, you go in the studio twice a year, and it's like, oh, well, like actually, this is something that take some time to get good at too you know mm-hmm. i think like you say mindset usually it's a mindset it thing yeah. it's not necessarily your playing it's you gotta you gotta shift yeah. your mind yeah and then like the producer says one thing that just kind of like eats at you it's like fuck does that sound bad or you know you just like yeah just mindset stuff. i mean that's another thing that's important yeah. too is like your relationship with who your yeah. producer yeah you got a good relationship with them i, like, hope so I trust jeff so much me at too, this man. point. He's my guy. Where I'm like, I'll play things yeah. and I'll record. Like when, when I was doing my solo album, I would be like, dude, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah. I'll like listen to back to it and I'm like, I kind of like it, but like as someone who's hearing this for kind of the first time, uh-huh. what's your thoughts? And I would like trust those opinions a lot mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. I really trusted him and what he yeah. was hearing and what he's he was really doing good at what he does. Yeah. And that's that's so much more important because like I, we we tossed around ideas like going to nicer studios, you know, like Muscle Shoals or something. It's like I don't want to go there and record with some guy I don't fucking know. Like that's gonna yeah. be like the studio might sound better, maybe, but like I fucking trust Jeff and like want to hang out with him for a day. So like that'll always be better than 
recording somewhere nicer. It makes it so you know what I'm much saying? better. Yeah, so agreed, much agreed. Better. And Jeff's great. Uh, yeah, I think so too. That's that's cool that you you ask him that kind of stuff. I think that's where. I mean, a producer turns into a producer, if that makes sense. Yeah, because then they be- yeah. they're just as much as part of your creative process as you are. Oh, for sure, yeah. And so trusting them and getting their opinion mm-hmm. on what they're hearing on their end, Yeah, multiple opinions are always better because yeah. people yeah. hear different things. People focus on different things within the song. Yeah. You know, so. What, what did you guys work I agree with all that. Uh, what did you guys work on, like, did you spend a lot of time like miking your kid up? Because I feel like drums, like as somebody who's interested in recording too, are like really the toughest thing to capture correctly. I think, in my opinion, because like you just put a mic on a guitar and you're usually okay, mm-hmm. and you just mic your voice stuff like that. But like a drum set, do you have any interest in like the audio technique or that, or are you just like mic me up, let's do this thing? I don't know a lot of the technical part of it. Gotcha. Cool. I know enough to get me by on a live yeah. gig. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I know Jeff has played around with it a little bit. Uh-huh. Each time I've come in, he's messed around. Like, he knows my kit now, so he knows how to mic it up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he would he would mess around with it. And when I was doing my solo stuff, uh, I brought a, a, a hammer dulcimer in there for yeah. one of my songs. And that was like a new instrument for him. So he was playing uh-huh. around with mic set up a few times with that. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it was, I don't know much about it, but it was more so, again, trusting the producer yeah that's good to know i'd wondered how deep you are into like like tuning everything and like oh this mic needs to be here that kind of stuff so that's good yeah i mean i know how to tune my own drums and do what i want to hear on my drums and the sounds Mm -hmm. i want to get from that but when it comes to getting that sound into a mic and into some kind of interface i trust the producer to set up the mics in such a way that they can do that so interesting, man. So, okay, kind of tell me more about, um, let's talk about the record itself. Like, we talked about you guys making it. Um, I feel like, I think, I, I believe it's Leaf Song is definitely your moment on the record, right? Isn't yeah. that, that seems like your song, kind of, uh, at least the second half of it, man. What was the, the thought process on that? Because it breaks down there for a minute. Leaf Song, when yeah. I first heard Leaf Song, I got so excited yeah. because I was like, there's some Latin feel to this. All right, vibe, here yeah. we freaking go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say Leaf Song is the one that I'm actually is, like really featured on. Cause is there bongos whole... in the intro or is it congas? It's congas. Congas. See, so on Leaf Song, it's me playing drum set. Uh-huh. There's me playing con- I'm playing all the percussion congas. There is a clave in uh-huh. the back as well. And I think. What is the. Uh, the You say clave? Is that how you say it? I'm, yeah, I'm it's like a little. It's that. a little like. It's a, essentially just like a plastic cowbell. And uh-huh. the clave is the rhythm that I am playing. Okay. Clave is also an instrument, but I don't have like physical clavies. Are just like big wooden. Yeah, sticks. Okay. I don't actually have those. I know there's but... one point towards the like middle half end of it, or like towards the end, I guess, where maybe it's just congas overdubbed. But it, I thought I heard more than one like rhythm going on. Is that like, yeah? Because what all went into that? You know what I mean? Like we're gonna have a huge conga breakdown, or like what's the plan? So what I did is I went in there knowing the form of the song and knowing uh-huh. what I wanted to do at the end, because I know I want to do that vamp. Yeah. And so I recorded drum set first, uh-huh. and then I recorded congas over that. Okay. And the congas were supporting um, what the drum set part was doing. And then when you get to the end part of Leaf's song, it was supporting everything else. And so, but the congas also have their own feature as well. So when they need to be featured, they will. But uh-huh. the very, very end of Leaf's song, I wanted like a dual solo thing. Yeah, you start breaking down on And both. so both instruments start going 
nuts. Nuts. Yeah, yeah. And that part is just so much fun. <laughs> I believe that, man. And, like, the, uh, another thing I noted about, I actually wrote this. I, like, um, there's, like, some snare rolls that start back in towards the end that I think are really tasteful. I should have wrote down timestamps. You'd probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it's when the kit comes back in, maybe. Yep. There's a few little snare things that are like, oh, that's dope. It's in the. It's when they're talking to each other, the yeah. congas and stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah. And there's a symbol that kicks out. I guess it's your ride. It sounds so, like, fucking buttery, like, high frequency. It's just, like, pumping. It's sick, man. I put a sizzle on that Did you? What does that do? It... Like a frequency? It's, it's like a bunch of metal beads. Okay. That's similar, right? So when you hit it, it gets like a shh yeah. sound. And so it like continues. Sick. It allows for your attacks to sustain longer. Yes. That, okay. Well, that's what it was. And I was curious because I was like, yo, that, that ride sim was rocking right there or whatever it was. You know, yeah. it kind of reminds me of like a, like John Mayer or something like that, like waiting on the world to change. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that he just has a good ride symbol sound of most of his stuff. But like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that's cool, man. And then. Any of the other ones, like what were your drum, like any things you note about like when I'm there, any of the other songs? Like, and, I mean, it seems like you're holding it down on most of them, but Leaf Song definitely feels like your moment kind yeah, of. Yeah, Leaf Song is definitely the moment song. Uh-huh. I love that song a lot. Um, all the other ones, it was, I love all the other ones as well. Mm-hmm. And they're all like super, every single drum part on that track is very different. Yeah. Um, and again, when I was writing those drum parts, it was all about servicing what they sent me. Yeah, I wanted to enhance it. I didn't want to do anything that took away or mm-hmm. covered up something else. I wanted to make sure I had the the same feel. So that was a lot of that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a single spot on there where I was like, oh, you overplayed there. Honestly, because like a few of them start with just like rim shot stuff, right? I think I feel like hopefully floating is like maybe starts with just snare rim shots for a little while. Or am I tripping? Uh, one of them does maybe. Yeah, one of them. I'm just playing hi hat and rim clicks, yeah, and yeah. then uh, fires out. There's like a symbol part that starts in the beginning, and it and when the drum set actually comes in, there's no like straight back beat. It's very mm-hmm. just like that sort of stuff, just kind of like it's soloistic and style. Playing. You're a big fan of like adding the percussion stuff, which I'm a big fan of. Like I like tambourines and like shakers and shit. I don't know if you're into that. Is there any tambourine on here? Uh, there is not a single. There's tambourine. not. You don't like tambourines? No, I do. Yeah, but I'm a big thing of like I like adding percussion when it makes sense. Gotcha. If a gotcha, song doesn't gotcha. need it, then I won't add it. Makes so much sense. I like that a lot. Yeah. Leaf song was one of those songs I was like, it needed it. It needed it. It's obvious. Yeah. It needed it. It just works so well. It, like, yeah. It worked yeah. very, very well. Light percussion. Yeah. Um, but if it doesn't if a song doesn't need it, then I won't add it. That makes sense, man. Well, that's awesome, dude. I love that. I'm a big fan of the whole record. I think they're all great. I listened to them all today, and it was it was nice. Thank you. Uh, it's a very cons- consistent project. You know what I mean? There's no no misses. So that's yeah, great. We're very pleased with that. I love to hear it, man. Uh, let's move on to Half Baked Tofu. Kind of tell me about how this started. You've mentioned it a few times. I know yeah. you guys are from all different places. So tell me about that. So Half Baked Tofu started at Barry College in the jazz band. Um, okay. And where it, where is Barry College? Rome, Georgia. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So it was me on drum set. Uh, guy named clay duke who played piano and sang in the jazz band uh-huh. and the bass player was clayton moore clayton moore um and those was the this was the original three half-baked tofu yeah and what would happen is we would just stay after rehearsal and we would just jam with each other yeah and because we just loved playing with each other nice and it was just so fun and then we were like hey what if we like do something with this and so we entered our school's talent show yeah and we were like <laughs> we know we literally went and we were like we know we're gonna win but like <laughs> Let's just do it for fun. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. 
You and guys so, could play. Yeah. Yeah. So we get up there. We played Redbone by mm. Childish Gambino. Gambino yeah. Killed it. Yeah. <laughs> Killed it. Uh-huh. It was so much fun. And then we literally booked two wedding gigs that night. What? Yeah. People came up to us. They're like, do you want to play our wedding? And I was like, yeah, we do. Yeah, for sure. And so <laughs> that's when Half-Baked Tofu like really started. Like, we uh-huh. It started to pick up, and we started to play more gigs at Barry. Started to play um, bar gigs in yeah. Rome as well. Forty watt at some point, right? Forty watt was later down the line. Yeah, but the sucky thing is, is that was like twenty nineteen. Yeah, and then COVID hit. Mm, not the COVID monster. And so we all go into our little hidey holes. Yeah, and during COVID, we all practiced and wrote music. Yeah. So we had a Google Drive, and they sent me a bunch of different tracks and demos mm-hmm. of things, mm-hmm. of songs. And, Ideas. Yeah, and I started writing drum parts while they were writing all these like melodies and things like that. And we said, all right, are we going to do an album? So yeah. we did. And we met at Berry College in the percussion suite, and we recorded like the demos for it. And we worked on it from then out. We met uh-huh. a few other times in different places. The Hot Baked Tofu album is done completely in-house. We did all the recording ourselves. Really? Yeah. We did all, all all the setup, all the mixing. Miking and everything. Yeah. Wow. Well, we didn't we didn't do the mixing. We sent the mixing to a friend of ours, but um, yeah. everything mastering was done by us as well. Sick, dude. That's impressive. Everything was done. Yeah. And so I think in total we spent maybe like $200 in the whole album. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> That's a record, man. Something Good for crazy y'all. cool like that. Good for y'all. Um. But then we put out this album, and it was like really coming out of quarantine is where this album was like birthed from. But yeah, they all live in different places. Clay Duke lives; he lives in like North Georgia now. Is Clay, it one in Nashville, right? Or yeah, uh, one's in Tennessee, I think. Gotcha. Not Nashville, but that's where. Right. So we ended up adding a guy named Alex um, mm-hmm. later on. Alex Hodges later on, and he did like bass player as well. He did yeah. some key stuff from Ox percussion and things like that. Um. And so he's the one who lives in Tennessee. Gotcha. Clayton Moore lives in Kentucky, <laughs> our bass player. And so everything we do right yeah. now is all via like Google Drive. We send each other yeah. tracks and we do all our individual recording and we put it all together. That's wild. Yeah. Man. So we've been working on some stuff right now. We're yeah. back what's, back in big writing mode. What's so. the goal for the band? Like, it was obviously it's not like uh, we're gonna tour every weekend, but it was like let we just want to make music together, put some songs out. Honestly, yeah. it's at this point, it's just we want to make music together. Yeah. We physically can't gig together. Yeah. As much as we want to, yeah. um, the forty watt thing was great. That like it worked that went out. well. Yeah, huh? it worked out well. Granted, we all wish we could have had a rehearsal for that because we <laughs> we didn't have one. We just showed up and played. That's crazy, man. Um. And so we always we could have had a rehearsal and things like that. And if yeah. we were playing together every day, this band would be monster, insane. Because yeah. like there's these these guys are some of the best musicians I've ever played with. Yeah. They are insane, Interesting, like man. so good. Clay Duke's vocals, he's monster. an animal. And he, you guys aren't just from like different cities. You guys are like each from a different state. <laughs> yeah, that it's, it's insane. Yeah. But like. Love playing with them. Love making music with them. Yeah. Brilliant musicians. Really cool guys. And so everything that we're doing right now is just we want to make music together. Uh-huh. Um, and this is the way that we know how to do it. Uh, that's cool. You can do that these days. Right you know? I yeah, mean, you it is so cool. You just upload it into your drive and you yeah. know, do it. That's so cool, man. 
And like think, of, I mean, a few years ago, it was not possible. You guys just wouldn't be a band at all. You wouldn't no, be making any music. We would just together. stop, but now yeah. we're able to still create and do yeah. things. And yeah. And when's the what's the ETA on the next uh, stuff you guys are working on? Is there one, or is it just like whenever we finish? It's whenever we finish. Yeah. Because right now, I think we are. Um, so there's one song that we're actually um, we're doing a joint thing with Fun Room. So Fun Room and Half Baked Tofu sweet, are doing a joint man. song. That's hype. Um, collab. It's doing the collab. Yeah, yeah. we want to release that this summer, like late summer. Oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, so that's in the works right now. But uh, everything else, we don't have like a set. Oh, we're gonna do another album. Yeah, we're just working on individual songs right now, and we're gonna see what we can do. Yeah. Um, and we might just release them as singles. We might do an EP. We don't really know right now. See where it takes you, kind of. Yeah. Though. We we have no timetable but our own, which uh-huh. is great. And we're not in like we don't no pressure. feel rushed or pressured yeah. to get anything out. And so we're just like, let's just make music at our own pace. Uh-huh. And then when we got enough, then we'll see. Okay, what do we want to do with this? Do we want to release just singles? We want to go forward and do the full album. Uh-huh. What LP, do we want to do? EP, yeah, kind of stuff. And is it the same kind of thing with your solo record, or is there more of a plan on that? Solo record, there's more of a plan. So yeah. I am. There's five songs. Uh-huh. EP. That's songs hype. are all recorded. Yeah. Just got to mix them and everything. No singles? Just drop it? I will release one single Ooh, beforehand. Give us a little teaser. The single will come out end of this month. Oh, okay. So it's already ready. It's, that guy's done. It's ready. Sweet, man. And what is the artist name going to be? Scales? Alex Scales or something? Yeah. The artist name will be Alex Scales. Hell yeah, man. The song, the single that will be released is called Death of a Songbird. Let's go, man. The EP is going to be called um, Emotions from the Earth. From the earth, yeah, that's hard, bro. Because a lot of the songs are just come out of like what I felt at a certain yeah. time, so and then yeah. from the earth is something that my uh percussion director would always say he's just like drums are just an instrument from the earth. <laughs> I like that, and so I was like, these are my emotions, and the only way I know how to not the only way I know how to, but like uh-huh. through my instrument, the way I know how to express them, uh-huh. and it's from the earth, so from the that's earth, where man. that came from, dude. That's beautiful, I love that. Yeah. Uh, that's catchy name too it's got it sounds like it means something and it's like your description does mean something um that's awesome dude i think that opened some doors up for you for like i mean there's no vocals no guitars nothing on these right like these are just drums like it is vibing drums yeah there's a pure drum set solo track there's a uh latin conga and bongo track there's a hammer dulcimer track that's death of a songbird uh-huh. there's a drum set and conga solo playing uh-huh. with track and then there's a jimbe track as well jimbe yeah it's a big african instrument like a round like one of the big ones it's, it's like an hourglass kind of shape okay got a big old head up here it gives a nice big deep you should look it up that's i cool. can't wait to hear it dude see that's six i feel like this opens that one's doors. the weirdest song on is it the album it's Let's it's go. It was hard to play. <laughs> I like wrote it and I was like, gosh, I don't even think I realized what I wrote. <laughs> I don't know what this is. I think that's good though. Cause like, uh, I just think it's healthy to get ideas out. And I mean, like if you live in this floodgate, like, I mean, you can go in and do, you know, I'm sure you're writing shit all the time. Like you can go in and do a solo drum thing every six months or whenever you wanted to, you know, I just think that's good to get it out there. Yeah, I know? wanted to get out there and like uh, put ideas out there. And I was like, uh-huh. I mean, even if it's just like a drum thing, it'd be cool. Even if it's not like the most popular thing I'm gonna in the world. I'm going to listen to it, but... it's going to be sick, dude. Because nobody's doing that like around yeah. here. You know what I mean? That's that's what I really love about Athens is that Fun Room can do a, do a record like that. And there's nothing that sounds like that right now in this town. You could do your solo drum thing. Nothing sounds like that insert any band you know josh bennett band could be the banjo guy in town and like mm-hmm. make really great banjo music and 
convince a kid can be the synth rock duo and there's no you know what i mean it's not like there's yeah. a million of everything so i think people are gonna be stoked when you drop just a drum thing i think it's i'm gonna excited be cool, man. i think one thing that i'm gonna do with this uh ep one that's done too yeah. is encourage people to sample it Ooh. and to make you need a pack and to, and to put tracks with it uh-huh. and then if they end up doing that what? i want to like release it it's like that'd be sick oh here's like alex scales and yeah I don't know, James and Tank. Yeah. You, did, you did something that you said, oh, I love this like yeah. thing, so I'm going to play something with it. I'm going to write a melody over it. Because they're, cause they're in the thing. format of like, I mean, not first chorus, obviously, but like there's a format. Like, yeah. When I heard you recording, like you would go to like what I would call a verse for a little while. If that oh, yeah. Sense. Especially in like one, one song's called In the Pocket, which is just the drum set one. Uh-huh. Like there's a very clear A, B, solo, yeah. that sort of stuff. And it'd gotcha. be easy to sample too. Dude, that's cool. So like someone could take that and do yeah. something with it if they so feel. And okay. I would love that to happen and then like release it on there and like, I, know, I, I think cool. you need to make a sample pack. I think that would be cool. I've been told that yeah. to do that. And I've been I like, would fuck around sick. with it. Like, I mean, all you have to do is take the stuff that you recorded and like take your kick, give me a kick, you know, sample. Yeah. And a snare sample. That'd be fucking sick to like have somebody's beats to mess with that you know, you know, be cool. Yeah. But I did. I'm excited for you, dude. This is really cool. Um, nobody else is doing it. There's always a. There's always at least I'm like got my eyes peeled on the scene kind of stuff, and then you can watch the jam ham or whatever. There's always one drummer in town that everybody's excited about at one point, and I don't know if you were here in like there was the Sam Groveman era. Do you know Sam Groveman? I do know Sam Groveman. Yeah, I met him back forty about one time. We jammed yeah. on a pad together. <laughs> nice guy, man. Nice yeah, he's guy. Good there, dude. there was like an era. I feel like it's like maybe like 2016 to 2018 or something where like everybody was stoked about Sam and like, he's so good. So like, yeah. that was cool. And then like, maybe like somewhere in there, people started getting excited about Sherwin. Everybody's talking about Sherwin when he started playing kit. And now it's you, man. People talk about you a lot more than you know, man. I hope you know that. So you should be proud of that. It feels, it feels good. It feels good. I try, dude. I'm trying you're to stay guy. humble. Cause I know yeah. I'm, not the, I'm not the shit, you know, <laughs> I'm just another dude out here playing drums. Who loves it. You love, love the music it. though. Yeah. So it's easy, you know, which I respect, you know, like when you're just absorbed in something, I can tell you are like, it's not hard work per se. Yeah. Right. I just love it. It's That's fun. great, man. Well, it's been fun playing with you guys, the A team stuff too. Cause like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I was way out of my depth. I'm like, everybody in this band is like a hundred times better than me. I'm just trying to hang in there. You know, I'm like, this is really fucking cool. No man. Playing with people like that it always yeah. makes you better at the dude, end dude oh for sure i was like all right these guys are good i can't really fuck this up too bad you know <laughs> playing with benji i'm like dude, bro monster, i gotta be bro. on my game monster man. bro this is insane. I, I love hearing y'all play together it's really cool sometimes i'm just out there in the crowd i'm just listening i'm like yeah it's pretty dope like they're locked <laughs> they're locked in i'm like they, they can pretty much play anything which is sick man yeah. and um it's cool because i've never really done anything like that like i've always been like a uh, like like super prepared like I want to know the fucking set list you know what I'm saying right always like I, I want to know what we're playing and like this is that's why I enjoy it so much we get in there and we have no idea man yeah except for like the classics you know what you said you know what nation. songs you're gonna do but then yeah. you throw some notes in there and just you try it it challenges you it makes you yeah, makes you man. better you know yeah man you gotta and be able to you guys never fall apart either too like it's there's never like a like you and Benji like a they're like it's so solid i don't know how to describe it it's like there's very few points like maybe none where it's like oh we're about to fall apart because like you guys just keep it keep it chugging i mean the second that we feel it me and benji are like all right hold on here we go lock in right now <laughs> Two, three, four. yeah yeah i like the second that, that we even feel it we're like okay here we go we need to because he'll look at me yeah. he's got that good feel too we're like all right cool we know yeah. it might fall apart here so let's make sure that me and you were locked in so I, so we're good so if somebody yeah. else 
it's okay. We're good. <laughs> yeah. We're good. We can keep moving forward. Yes, man. I'm excited about next Friday. We're doing the Clark's thing. I'm yeah, that's going to be about fun. That. After graduation, I feel like some people are going to come through. and. Uh, oh, yeah. People will be bouncing around We're for sure. playing pretty late. I think we're starting at like 11, and uh, I'm ex- I'm just excited to get a – because like the last one wasn't our best, like we've been talking about. You know, yeah. It's like now we get to have a good one. Like this, yep. this one might be really nice. You know, You never know. But uh, I'm gonna bring in some songs that we can do. I'm gonna, I feel like I, I needed to work on like bringing some new stuff in that we could play, you know? Because me and Jeff were kind of in charge yeah. of that on the sense of like, oh, somebody's got to know this melody and chords, you know, to like to yeah. push what we have forward. But yeah, dude, I'm excited. Um, we should use some Machine Gun Kelly, dude. I'm down, bro. I, I dig that. shit. I had a friend of mine. She told me she loved Machine Gun Kelly, yeah, and yeah. I it was just, I was like, oh, you're like, eh. I, I didn't expect that from her, but I was like, this is awesome. And I was like, I need to play some Machine Gun Kelly and some of the dude, band. So I I'm, like some of the pop. Punk I'm gonna shit. do it for her. I'm gonna play some Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, so. Clark's on uh, May 13th. Yeah, Scales covers MGK. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait, man. Um, fucking. What was I going to say? I was going to say, um, oh, I was going to say something. Oh, I was going to ask. I, we're kind of closing up right now because we're at 77 minutes. It's a good while, dude. This has been a good one. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you where you kind of want to be as a drummer in the next, like, or as a musician, as a, just whoever you want to be in the next, like, one to three years. Like, what's your goal for this, you know? That's honestly really hard for me to say. Yeah, it's a big question. I mean, I'm in veterinary school, and so... Uh-huh. In the next year here, I'm going to be starting clinical rotations and like actually working in the hospital doing things. And so my schedule is going to get a lot slimmer than it is yeah. now. I won't have as much free time. A but more chaotic. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just want to continue to be better than I was the day before. Mm, that's um, good. I want to contribute to the music of Athens in any way that I can um, in the ways that I know best how to do. Mm-hmm. And I want to continue to just better myself as a musician meet new people, support new people, um, talk a lot. Uh, let's just talk a lot about yeah. the things that I find important in drumming and hear from what other people think about it yeah. and learn from that. Um, but I just want to be able to contribute to this in any way I can and leave Athens better than how I found it. That's awesome. Both with, like the people I interact with and with the music, you know, dude, that's hype. That's really well put, man. Very well versed. Nice, yeah. dude. Have you thought about? Um, I think I think you're already doing that, man. Um, to backtrack a little bit, yeah, I think you're, yeah, I think people are excited about what you're doing and they're they're digging it, man. You've been recognized. If that makes you feel better, um, um, what was I gonna say about that? I was gonna say. You you're pretty you're kind of a content guy too though like you do like the live streams and stuff like you're a poster but you never post any drum stuff do you not really I don't you just no interest I don't have the setup to do it yeah yeah I don't have my drum set up in my apartment gotcha mic'd up um, cameras and all that stuff yeah it'd be just, interesting if you could though I bet you'd enjoy it if you got it to I it. would love to do it yeah. if I could I just yeah. don't have the 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 means to do it right now. Gotcha. So. Yeah. You, what is uh, you have a lot of interest? What's I, I think you like making content though, don't you? A little oh, bit. Yeah, I, I was about do. to say it seems like you're into it a little. I bit. do. I mean, like I love Marvel, so I have like a whole yeah. other Instagram yeah. account that's like only like me. I didn't know that. About, yeah, that's high. Only bro. me talking about Marvel and things like that. So you're a big but, movie guy. Yeah. Movie buff. Yeah, I like movies, uh, comics. Yeah, um, you like that Batman? Manga. That that was the one I tuned into. I was like, yeah, this that is dope. Batman movie we went hard. I, I dug it, bro. <laughs> it was I, so I, good. I saw it like three times in theaters. I thought it was dope. It's man. so good. Yeah, but, yeah I'm I, ready for the next one, man. They're making another one. Yeah, they and uh, they they've kind of. I tell my buddies, I was like, I feel like this second one could be like really sick. Like they've set the stage for like a really good. Oh yeah. Sequel or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, man, let's kind of close it up. Um, tell the camera where they can find you on Instagram. Tell them your band Instagrams. Um, yeah. I don't know if you're on YouTube or any of that kind of shit, but like whatever. Yeah, tell them where to find you. 
So follow me on Instagram, search Alex Scales. Alex7177 is my handle. Uh, in my bio, you can find the Instagram for Half Baked Tofu and Fun Room uh, at half.baked.tofu and mm-hmm. at Fun Room Band. Uh, both Half Baked Tofu and Fun Room Band are on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music. So check out Half Baked Tofu's album Why and then uh-huh. Good Clean Fun from the Fun Room. Yeah. Um, check out all this music i'll be releasing my own solo music under alex scales by the end of this month so i'll be promoting that both on my instagram and it'll be on spotify and all those things youtube as well so keep a lookout for that that was super well versed. that might be the be- most well-versed uh closing notes ever because usually <laughs> i'm like all right tell everybody where to find you guys they're like Oh, uh, I think we're uh, at Jameson.tank.12. <laughs> that was fucking perfect. You nailed them all right there. Hey, man. Trying. It's what you do. Got to protect you the brand. I feel like you, <laughs> branding 101. Branding, I, I feel like you would be a good podcaster, dude. You I've, been told, I've told, been told that before. Bro, you're smart and you're well, like you're well versed and everything. You should start a podcast, bro. I feel like I you might. would love it. Dude. It'd be fun. It'd, It'd be, be fun. And you don't need much gear. Like this is like a lot for like this is if you want to go all the way, like you could do this. But like literally yeah. you just need two mics, you know, and a camera. Like my side of podcast. I feel like you could do it, man. I'm just saying you're natural. You're natural. Well, thank you. All right. Thank let's you. give him a wave for the thumbnail. Give him a little smile. Nice. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This has been James on the rocks. Episode 80. I think. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah. Big 80. Um, what else am I going to say about that? Yeah. Check the podcast out. Leave us a five star review on Apple podcasts and Spotify. If you don't mind, uh, give us a subscribe on YouTube at Jameson tank where I post all the podcast stuff. Uh, yeah, keep tuning in. Got a bunch of great episodes coming. By the time you hear this one, uh, uh, scale solo stuff will be coming out pretty soon, I think. Heck yeah. So yeah, man. Thanks for coming in, dude. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. See y'all. See ya. Yeah.